Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 134. No, it's not. Is it? Yes! Okay! Yes! For the final time, yes! The The last episode was 133. Can you write it down? The, shall I hold it up on a big board? <laughs> yes, I think that's required. Nick has just lost his mind in terms of what, what episode this is. And then when he loses his mind, I doubt myself. You go, I'm are you sure? And I go, wrong. no, I, I doubt everything I've ever known. Are you sure you're blonde? <laughs> no, I don't think I am. Wait, a mirror. That will tell me. <laughs> How are you, Nick? Oh, apparently mad. Apart from that, okay. Okay, it's right. We, we've got our little pre-recording glass yeah, of wine. It's, it's reached the winey season, I feel. It is nice the time for fire time and wine. for a nice glass of wine. Which Especially does... with my emergency last minute. I haven't finished writing! <laughs> ah! Wine will help. Wine does help. The second glass, the words are flowing. <laughs> it's manna from heaven. Then you get to the third glass and you go, oh, yeah, this was a mistake. Yeah, unfortunately those words are, ah! <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> They're not helpful words. It's never just a glass in the winter evenings, isn't it? It's a bottle. Wine goes off. Any more than an hour and it's liable to explode. Yeah, it's got that thing on the label that you yeah. must consume within three hours. Yeah, yeah uh, Probably it has agree. that. It's definitely on there somewhere. Biro and the bottle that I've written on. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Nick's wine. <laughs> oh, I can use my label maker. Oh, not the label Sit maker again. Squidging out the labels again. <laughs> Nick's wine. No girls allowed. Yeah, no girls allowed. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Good. Any poisonings this week? Uh, well, as we established on Patreon, only self-inflicted poisonings. Oh dear! For those of you who are not on Patreon, <laughs> did Nick have a few bourbons at Nick the weekend? Had a few too many bourbons at the weekend. You were still a delight, a Nick delight. Was, well, yes. Then, but then Nick was crying for two days after, <laughs> which was less delightful. After show party of the triumph that was the parrot theatre production of Macbeth which I was in Nick was in we've been working on this very very hard so we've been exhausted for for weeks which meant there was a great after show party and Nick turned up to because he built the crates he was entitled to come yeah, absolutely I thought I built some crates I can go after drinking the best part of a bottle of bourbon oh, yeah <laughs> a lot of bourbon and a lot of other stuff and Nick is a delightful drunk because he's just jolly and uh, lovely very jolly yes likes to likes to have a sing song yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> you forgot about karaoke. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine it was good. <laughs> oh, no, it was great. No, well, none of us were in a fit I th- I state loud, to judge. very possibly good, no. That's the rule with karaoke. <laughs> loud is best. Yeah. Now, we're of an age now where the, mm. the drinking results in the two-day hangover. Oh, it really does, especially that <laughs> level of drinking. And it's like, oh, dear, I haven't done that for a long time. <laughs> and I love these occasions because it's so rare that it's not me mm. who's who's done something awful <laughs> and drunk too much and people went, ooh, did someone have a few few ales <laughs> last night? And I've gone, I don't know. I don't know what happened. So I said, right, I'm not going to drink for at least a week. And then I'm sitting here when I 
with a bottle of wine. Yeah. How have I got a liver left? And the livers are a bust thing, and I yeah, think yours is <laughs> is sponsored by Duracell. <laughs> I can only assume. So that yes, that was that was my poisoning for the week. Well, speaking of poisoning ourselves with alcohol and being a delight at karaoke, <laughs> I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Yes, we should, and we have a great many this week. Those we didn't do last week because we were timey-wimey things going on. Um, what? It's all <laughs> timey- weird, timey-wimey, backwards and forwards and all strange. We recorded in advance. Well, that's one way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very boring way of putting it, really. Next time you want to say, we'd have to do something in advance, you go, we have to timey-wimey it's this. It's all weirdly, wibbly wobbly timey-wimey <laughs> stuff going on. You'd make a great Doctor Who. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Because I'd be like, oh, oh no, I'm very lazy. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, there's a lot of running around in Doctor Who. <laughs> there is a lot of running I'm, around. I'm not so good with the running around. All the words as well. <laughs> but you'd still be the Time Lord. <laughs> On you, a big chair. With a fantastic with hat. With a fantastic hat and a big chair somewhere. I think we'd all watch that series. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're the Time Lord. You've got a TARDIS. You must be able to get something like a hover chair going on. <laughs> I could do that. Where does the hover chair go? Does it just hover like two inches above yeah, the ground? Absolutely. I mean, it's not. It's not like a magical flying chair that goes around the place. No, it just like, hovers about, bumbles around the place. <laughs> just nudges into guests that you want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you spilled your wine. Ah. <laughs> okay, well, sign me up. I would watch this if it was just a YouTube video of that for six hours. Yeah, so there we go. That's me as the. 12th Doctor or whatever number it is, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Patreon, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us. Ruin Bakes. Ruin Bakes, who are on TikTok, I must shout out. Ooh. They are a fantastic baker. I follow them on TikTok and they make the most amazing creations. So Ruin Bakes. Oh, are they, are they local? I don't know how local they are, oh, actually. I cake now. No, all I see is cake. I've, I've, <laughs> oh, that's all I want to know about them. I don't want to pull away the, the curtain of the mystery of <laughs> our relationship. Enough. Fair enough. Anyway, thank you. Thank you to you. Michiko. To Oleander Sandwich. To Jackie Spencer. Andrea Dawkins. To Beachy Keen. Kristen Lundgren. To Sasha Dane. <laughs> Sorry, dramatic way of saying it. I know, I like the name. <laughs> Nate Riles. Amy Warred. Makeup P. Kat Adair. Sarah Harvey. Natasha Imlay. And A.D. Tonsey. Oh, thank you very much. There's a big old list of people there. Um, and you're all bloody marvellous. Bumper list of Patreons. Thank you so much. We love you. We adore you. And also wonderful names. All of them oh. wonderful names. The creative ones we like, but also... Some of you have very sexy names in there. Very good names. There's a lot of Bond villainess and Bond villain <laughs> names in there. Yes, I like it. They seem dastardly. Excellent. And they're saucy. What more do you want? Yes, we've had fun over on Patreon this week. Have we? Uh, oh, oh, we had, well, we, we got a little I, serious. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure fun is the word I would use. No, it's, uh, it, well, oh, through October, we've had a lot of stuff on there. But yeah, no, this week we got a bit serious. We mm. got a little bit uh, serious about impossible miscarriage of justice. Yeah. yeah. Not too serious. Not all that serious. Yeah. A little bit serious for us, which is not that serious. A little bit gruesome. Yes, if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, do feel free to join us on Patreon. It is completely flexible. You can join us for $5 a month for more weekly episodes. Or for $15 a month, you get your weekly episodes and extra monthly episodes, extra bonus content. It's a lovely place. Come and join us. Well, Nick, are you ready? Probably. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? I don't know if I'm ever ready to drink cocktails at the moment. Just the thought of it is making me slightly nervous. Oh, really? Is this yeah. the first week where you're like, I'm reluctant? I'm rel- I mean, I say that with a glass of wine in hand. Um. Or, or, you know what, Nick? We could just drink some poison and talk about could cocktails. Could we? Just for once. Okay. And then... There will be questions. (laughs) I sense from the police. Okay. To me, to to avoid a jail sentence, shall we go with the first one? Okay. Hey, yay. Fine, gotta start somewhere. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is Nick's story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. And the secret ingredient this week is, Nick? Is some lovely, lovely chocolate bonbons. Bonbons? Yes. Oh, a bonbon? Yeah. How bon? Oh, quite. How bonny? How lovely. Yes. Now, chocolate bonbons. You were very yes. specific about well, this. Well, and someone else, I noticed someone else on the social did say, you've already done chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, you, shut up. Yeah, there, there is that. Um, <laughs> Stop pointing out things we know. But then also, I think we did chocolate back in the day when we were like, oh, we're not, we we will never get to like crazy numbers. Chocolate is fine. <laughs> but as as we go on, you notice how very incredibly specific we're getting with ingredients. Yes, yes. So we can, like, it's not just rum. It's like three-year-old white rum, <laughs> two-and-a-half-year-old rum. So it's just like, we can stretch this shit out a bit. Exactly. And so the chocolates that chocolate we did bonbons. was way back a long time ago. with Christiana Edmonds, a yeah. famous, famous case, brilliant case. And there were specific kinds of chocolate, though, that she had, yeah. that she she dealt out to people. We've had coffee and chocolate together at we last. Did. Yeah. Uh, because of a drink that was made. But chocolate bonbons, I think, chocolate, is fine. Chocolate bonbons, very, very specific use of chocolate. Candy. Yeah. Candy chocolate. And also, who can argue with chocolate? Well, this is true. Everyone else has been saying, chocolate, great. We don't care. We don't care <laughs> if you've done Bring it before. It yep. Everyone get your big bars of dairy milk out or your Hershey's or your uh, Reese's Pieces. I don't know what well, happens. So yesterday, when we, we were recording um, the Patreon episode, I, after that, I did manage to eat an entire box of Cadbury's Fingers. Oh, that's good going. Yeah, which is good going and also slightly vomit-inducing. Um, <laughs> but tasty. But tasty. It was like, I have eaten too many chocolate fingers. No regrets. No regrets, apart from that I have no more chocolate fingers to eat tonight. Oh, good God. So that is upsetting. Well, I was going to ask and say, if, we, if, if chocolate bonbons, where are the chocolate bonbons? Yeah, no, I failed miserably. Is there any chocolate in the house? Uh, probably not. I'm not okay with this, Nick. No. I can see I that. promised chocolate. No, you weren't. Don't lie. <laughs> so with chocolate bonbons as your ingredient mm-hmm. inspiration, what have you come up with? Well, a nice chocolatey cocktail. Yay! So, but something different. Okay. I thought, you know, you know I like my spirit forward. Which you is probably do. unwise. Probably unwise <laughs> after the after the weekend. But I'm going for something. We're having a chocolate Sazerac. A chocolate Sazerac. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I'm Sounded excited. intriguing and terrifying at the same time. Oh, now we love us a Sazerac. Yeah. Mm, and a chocolate version. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Quite exciting. This is good because in the past when we've had chocolatey drinks, it's been like a chocolate martini, which is just pointless. That was, that was no good. And no I'm good. not a fan of the big sort of like creamy, Baileysy, creamy drinks. You say that, but then I give you one and then you go, oh, that's delicious. Oh, okay. Chocolate Sazerac. I can get on board with that. We've got a red wine. A Sazerac will go nicely with that. Pairing. Pairing. This is what we're doing. It's all planned. And then we'll just get a a whole box of milk tray. (laughs) I think it is high time for us to sachet into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Hello. And we've got ourselves a chocolate Sazerac. Yes, we do. It doesn't look chocolatey. Does it not look chocolatey enough for you? But that's probably a good thing. How would you expect it to look chocolatey? I don't know. Just a big whole dairy milk in there. A Kit Kit Kat hanging out the side or something. Uh, Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then you go, you stir it with a Kit Kat finger. Yeah. And then you do the Twix trick with it. Did you ever do the Twix thing? With tea. Yeah, drunk a cup of tea with the Twix. Oh, yeah. You bite off the ends and then you you suck the tea through the Twix. What if that will work with a Sazerac? I think it's important that we try. (laughs) It's important that we find out for science science <laughs> science must be held up but yes it's orangey and it's hue oh it looks sazeracky well good but what makes it a chocolate sazerac i wonder mm. now i have thoughts i have theories okay but i think we should dive in first so mm-hmm. has it got a chocolatey scent to it has a well, scent it smells sweet mm. it smells different let's <laughs> <laughs> well, give it a go right. merry christmas, merry christmas. <laughs> oh that's good I mean, mm, ooh, whoa, mm. now a Sazerac is a thing of beauty anyway, mm-hmm. but that's got a an extra sweetness to it. Ooh, I'm liking this. Oh, this is really nice. This is <laughs> oh, it's a dangerous one. Oh, this is very dangerous. This is tasty. Okay, so remind us a classic Sazerac. So classic Sazerac, well, there is, there is big debate whether it's cognac, rye or bourbon. There yes, are lots big of, debate. Big debate in the, in co- the Senate. Cocktail people are all up in arms about it. <laughs> no, they, do they meet like street gangs and fight it pretty out? Much, that's how this wings works. So pretty much, originally it was cognac, but then in France there was a big pestilence across the fields. Cognac was decimated yes. for, for years. So no cognac then arrived in the States. Mm. So they resorted to using um, rye and bourbon. Indeed. So there, there's, a, yeah, there's a big, like, oh no, it should be cognac. Oh no, it should be rye. Mm. Um, some people have a combination of all three. Anyway, so you have that spirit. It's basically then traditionally with a sugar cube nice. that is soaked in some bitters. Uh, Peychaud's is the sort of classic 
um, bitters that are used. And then that's about it, really. And you give it mm. all of them muddled all together. Um, but with a, an absinthe yeah, rinse. Yeah, exactly. So what you do, you'd have your glass rinse with absinthe. So you would yeah. coat your gla- the inside of your glass with um, absinthe and then discard it. This one is of much the same variety, apart from the addition of some chocolate liqueur. Oh, chocolate liqueur yep, is in it? Absolutely. Yep, so it has the, the white or the cacao blanc. Oh, cacao blanc. Yeah, the clear version of the chocolate liqueur, not mm-hmm. a white chocolate liqueur. Yeah, so otherwise exactly exactly the same as the Sazerac. This one's using sugar syrup rather than a cube. I find the cube can get quite grainy. Mm. So unless you're there for hours muddling, and I don't have the patience for that, a sugar <laughs> syrup is perfectly acceptable with bitters. And this is one he's using bourbon, because that's what I have in the cupboard. Again, your absinthe rinse is in there. And yeah, chocolate. Delicious. Really good. See, I wasn't sure whether you were going to use chocolate bitters, because I know you've got mole bitters. I have got some mole bitters in there. And there are specific chocolate bitters, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be a bitters mix. Or whether you were going to go for the liqueur. No, I went. I went for the chocolate liqueur, but that is not a bad chat. Actually, mm. you could do like a half and half Peychaud's chocolate. That would be interesting. It would be it might interesting. Enhance that chocolate because it's the chocolate in there is quite subtle. Mm. You can you can smell it when you get your nose in there. There is a there is a chocolatey hint. I in think there. you can taste it. Um, oh, it's, it's there, but it's yeah. not overly powering. It was all oh, this is chocolate. But you but wouldn't it want it to be. No, but um, I think yeah, chocolate bitters could be mm. could be intriguing again for science. For science. We should do this. We should do, we should have a second one. A Sazerac is a thing of beauty and that does nothing to diminish its beauty. It just gives it a slightly sweeter taste to it, but you wouldn't want it to be overpoweringly chocolatey. No, absolutely. Because you'd be in very different territory of cocktails then. Mm. Mm, good one. Like it's that. just a Ooh. resounding success. Oh, happy it's worked. Hurrah. <laughs> well, with our Sazeracs, our chocolate Sazeracs, a good drink for a winter's eve. Well, quite. Sazerac in one hand, glass of red in the other. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> I do apologise to everyone because I feel like every cocktail I talk about for the next several weeks will be, oh, it's perfect for a winter's eve. Yeah, it's going to be like that until at least... May. May, yeah, yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I get sick of the weather and I go, there's got to be something that's going to pull me out of my seasonal depression. It's drinking. Yep, drinking and a warming drink on the sofa with me little blanket. Nice. Yes. How desperately civilised. How and... could anyone be unhappy? <laughs> <laughs> with our warming, lovely, wintry drink in hand <laughs> and our red wine in the other, <laughs> uh, bypassing the policemen who are eyeing us with suspicion. Wise. Is it time for a story, Nick? Go on then. Yeah. Why not? I'm ready for a story. I'm glad. Yay. You seem poised. I'm poised. Right. At the end of my seat. Excellent. Quite aroused. Less good. Anyway, moving <laughs> anyway. on. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, spooky month is behind us. We are back to some good old-fashioned murderings. Yay! That's what we all love. That's what we're here for. Some Absolutely. good old-fashioned murdering. So this week is the turn of Cordelia Adelaide Botkin. Brilliant name. It's a good name. Cordelia. Cordelia. Cordelia Botkin. Bodkin. Okay, Cordelia, exotic, lovely, Bodkin. Bodkin, B-O-T-K-I-N. Doesn't make it any better. No, but it's it's her name. (laughs) So let's let's try and get it right. (laughs) Okay, Bodkin. There we go. All right, I hate her already. Okay, fussy about your bloody boring name, woman. Uh, I shouldn't complain. Yeah. <laughs> so Cordelia Botkin is born Cordelia Brown. And there's, there's an even more boring name. Oh, yeah, it's an good. improvement from Brown to Botkin. Is it? Well, I don't know. But she's born in 1854 in Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri! Now she has an entirely unremarkable childhood as far as we can tell in fact very little is written about her childhood whatsoever you might even say not much is not known much is about known, her childhood but, but yes but it seems uneventful <laughs> there was one there was one apparently stuff happened <laughs> but the next we hear is in 1872 when she's 18 years old of course and she marries the excellently named welcome botkin whoa what welcome his name is welcome his name was welcome welcome botkin I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being called yeah, Welcome. Yeah, no, I have. In, in in TV shows and things like that. In, in yes, what historical TV times. shows? What TV shows have you been watching? People, ones with people called Welcome. I think it is, it, I think it is a bit of an American name. From <gasps> Yeah, from back in the day. Not a modern one. But, um, I've I definitely didn't come think across, it was a modern one. I've definitely come across it before. Welcome? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's presumptuous. <laughs> oh, let's call him Welcome. He'll be happy to everyone. What if he was a real C well. word? <laughs> Just... <laughs> was not the welcome I was expecting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. So she becomes Mrs. Botkin. The couple settle down together in Stockton in California. Lovely. Where Welcome works as a grain broker. An exciting, exciting career. And they go on to have a son called Beverly. <laughs> 
They're not giving their kids they're, a chance. They're, they're not doing well with the names. Beverly I have to say. Botkin. Be- Beverly Botkin. Beverly Botkin. Son of Welcome Botkin. Oh, God. And Cordelia. <laughs> Cordelia, great name. Cordelia, good luck. Welcome. Interesting. Beverly. Oh, Beverly. That does sound like the pseudonym for an amazing superhero. <laughs> Beverly Botkin. Yes. Or <laughs> what this child, you know, envisaged in his head as he's being bullied. <laughs> so Beverly and Beverly Welcome and Cordelia all having a jolly time in Stockton. <laughs> but actually not having that much of a jolly time in Stockton at all. Oh, no. At some point, the relationship starts to go south. Oh. Really. Now, I can't find a particular reason as to why they just seem to be incompatible it was a bit of a whirlwind romance to begin with and as they've obviously got to know each other they seem to be not actually that well suited the names broke them (laughs) but we do know that by 1895 the two have actually separated cordelia has gone to live in san francisco um, Mm. with their son beverly um, while welcome remains in stockton in in his role the split does seem amicable enough though really welcome he often visits cordelia and his his son over Mm. in san francisco and um he provides a very comfortable allowance for them them to live and yeah they they see each other seems to be on fairly yeah fairly good terms it is also said that when he's in san francisco um welcome also paid frequent consoling visits it's known as Mm. um to a miss to a miss clara arbogast Clara Arbogast. Yes, or Clara. Potentially Clara Arbogast. Oh, no, no, let's go with Clara Arbogast. <laughs> yes. Because that's just a noise. Yeah. So, I'm. yeah, she's she's a landlady in San Francisco. And, and consoling, consoling visits. visits. I did enjoy that. Consoling visits. What what what, what horrors had befallen Clara Arbogast? <laughs> no, I, th- I think Welcome is after the consoling. Oh, he's after the consoling. Yes, yeah, so he, he's visiting her for consoling visits. Oh, yes, because his marriage is broken down. So he's, he's must very go- sad. To this landlady and be comforted. And be comforted. Comforted, consoling visits. So yes, Clara Arbogast. (laughs) (laughs) She plays no further part in the story, but I just love the name. Okay, good, 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 (laughs) good, good, good. good. So well done, Clara Arbogast. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I think she was the the reason the marriage broke down. (laughs) It was a name too far. It was a name too far. We we can't say all these names. (laughs) Now, Cordelia is now in her early 40s. And she is living a very comfortable life in the city with her 20-year-old son, Beverly, mm-hmm. um, who is described as a plump, dissolute fellow. Oh, what? You know, which is not the best description of... Plump and dissolute. Dissolute. So dissolute being... Being sort of a deviant... Oh, uh, being debauched. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know what that yes, meant, a very, a very, yes, uh, not a, not a... Not, not a nice chap, but a very immoral sort of... Like a rogue. Rogue, yes. Yeah, debauched, deviant, cad. immoral, mm. cad. Those sorts of things. <laughs> and a plump one at and that. And a plump one at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's eaten and lived well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's having, a, he's having a jolly time by the sounds of it. <laughs> it does sound like um, he's having fun. <laughs> now, we don't know if his sort of immoral ways have been learned from his mother, Cordelia. But it is certainly later said... What? ...that she is a woman of loose morals. Right. She is a something of a character. She enjoys a a fairly sordid lifestyle after she has split from Welcome. She enjoys drinking and partying and gambling and all the things that a respectable woman should stay well clear of. Absolutely. Absolutely. None of us should do None any of that. Of you should have any fun. No. <laughs> Showing her ankles wantonly around absolutely the San Francisco. Not allowed. So she's drinking and yep, party she's, she's and gambling. Uh, gambling as well, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, she's there on the down the bookies, um, having a lovely time. <laughs> Probably yeah, teaching her son her wicked ways in the gambling and the drinking. Really? Really? Well, who can say? You don't you don't tend to do that and go, Come along, children, let me teach you in the ways of debauchery. It's more like I'm going out so I don't have to look after you. Well he's in his twenties now. Exactly. Son, so and he's plump yes. and just so get out and find your own place because yes. I've got my own debauching to be doing. <laughs> What's he doing? Well, indeed. I mean, one can imagine potentially visiting prostitutes. This sort yeah, of I thing. Yeah, I very much thought that would Absolutely. be the case. Absolutely, disgraceful behaviour, though. Oh, disgraceful, disgraceful, disgraceful behaviour. Now, so Cordelia is someone who absolutely does not lack for confidence. Oh, wow. Really, she as she absolutely goes for goes for it. She 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 brags to all her friends about being being photographed in over a hundred poses. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. One like of her, it. one of her favorite poses being hands behind her head, elbows out, and there are actually pictures. It's sort of it's like this. Yeah, so yeah. There are pictures of her. 
Just like like reclining completely, back. Yeah, completely ex- like exposed. Oh, um, naked. Sort of, no, not necessarily naked, but she's she's very much. Uh, it's a very obviously it's a very open sort of posture. Oh, so rather um, than the rather stoic, than the, demure the s- sort of closed sort of stiff stiff hands hands clasped. beside you, yes, yes, sort of thing in your muff type thing. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, oh, your muff, like that kind yes. of muff. <laughs> yes, keep your hands in your muff. There yeah, you absolutely. are. No one will know of your debauched ways that way. But no, so she's she's, oh. she's having a grand old oh, time. Oh, I like that. And considered, considered very, very daring. Very daring and very, <laughs> yeah, n- n- not, what, not what ladies do at all. Indeed, her elbows were 90 degrees. Absolutely, her elbows were everywhere. <laughs> now, at the same time as Cordelia is pottering around San Francisco, in the fancy part of town, the 31-year-old John P. Dunning is living his own rather fabulous life, really. Now, he is a respected journalist. He has made quite a name for himself. In 1889, he had been stationed in Samoa. So a few years prior, he had been in Samoa. And the island had become a bone of contention, really, between America, Britain and Germany about who was going to be the next monarch of the island. Presumably there was some sort of port that these three powers were vying to get control of. And it looked like it was going to escalate into a full-blown confrontation between these, these three powers. Until there was a massive typhoon hit the island. Oh, Jesus. And nearly all the ships that were at anchor in the harbour were destroyed, were wrecked. Mm. A single ship out of all three fleets escaped. The British ship, the the Calliope, managed to get out to sea and sort of rest out the storm. And John Dunning wrote a wrote a report on this disaster and mm. the effects it had had. And it was it was deemed as oh, it was a fantastic piece of journalism, absolutely incredible. Oh, wow. And it was repeated and printed all over the world. So he had quite the, he had made quite the name for himself through this particular bit of bit of writing. So when he actually returned to the states, he was offered the position of bureau chief of the Associated Press in Western Division in San Francisco. So quite a senior position. So he was so yeah he was a rising star really in San Francisco. Um, there he had recently married his his wife uh, Mary Elizabeth. Now she was the daughter of Congressman John B. Pennington of Ooh. of Dover in Delaware. So a very senior figure a very well respected figure um and the pair of them they also had a daughter also named mary confusingly he was set for life really he married into a good family he had a good job a good reputation he was earning some money having a jolly marvelous time but until until like cordelia john does enjoy a bit of a party he does enjoy a drink or two. Well, he's a celebrated man. Yeah, but his wife, no, 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 no. Oh, no. None of that. None of that. She is the daughter of a fanatically religious congressman. <laughs> she's a um, pious woman. She's a pious, pious woman. Absolutely. Alcohol is the devil's drink. <laughs> none of that. I quite uh, agree. Yes. And she frequently berates her husband for his drinking and his gambling. Not at all acceptable in a Christian household. None of this. Stop it. You see, you've got a nice marriage of convenience. Something Mm. that's very nice. It's a wonderful match. Good family, good career. Everything is perfect. But what about the love? What about the love? And the shared interests in drinking Drinking, and gambling. Drinking and gambling. They just weren't there. They just weren't there. I mean, that's the first thing that you say. Yeah. There's actually a story about the congressman. He comes to visit them in San Francisco. He lasts about two days before he has to leave because the city is just like, no, 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 no. Gandhi can't be doing any of this. There's far too much debauchery and hedonism going on in San Francisco. So he has to he has to return to Delaware because oh, um, he he just can't stick with it. <laughs> so. Love it. Well done, San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> in the summer of 1895, John is merrily riding his bike to work through the Golden Gate Park, la, having la, a lovely la, la, time. La, la, la. When catastrophe hits, his bicycle breaks in half. In half. I, I don't. He didn't specify exactly what the chain comes off or some such right. of, of his bicycle. Um, and so he's there he starts kneeling down fixing fixing his bike so he can continue on his way Mm -hmm. and then he notices a woman sitting on a bench just nearby she's out enjoying the morning sun Mm -hmm. having a lovely lovely time Mm -hmm. which is of course Cordelia Botkin (gasps) of course now as he works on his bike the two strike up a conversation is she sitting with her hands behind her head very possibly elbows out completely out absolutely yoga positions on that (laughs) bench one leg over behind the shoulder (laughs) (laughs) 
All of the limbs. <laughs> All the limbs are out. But she... He's just hitting the bicycle with a spanner going, oh, I can't fix it. Excuse yeah. me, madam. So they they strike up this, this conversation. And although she is actually 10 years his senior, John finds himself entirely captivated by this woman, entirely yeah, drawn in. Also, her, th- her age shouldn't make a difference in it. Do- no, it shouldn't. No, but no. But at these times, it did. He didn't ask her a bloody age, did he? Right then and he there. Did. Did he did. He said, are you, how old are you? <laughs> My God, you're old. But you're quite attractive. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm thinking at the time, he's like, I don't care I don't how care. old you I are. I don't care. You seem hot. You seem hot. Exactly. I mean, he was attracted to her confidence, her, her sensuality. Mm. I mean, she, she doesn't really care what people think. She, she doesn't give a shit what's, exactly. what's going on. And John is smitten. John comes from this world where everyone has to do the right thing and it's very boring. Oh, yeah, blah, you've got blah, a very blah. pious wife very at pious home. Very pious wife, absolutely. Can't go anywhere fun or do the fun things. If you, you must do, only you have sex once to, to procreate. Yeah, now Cordelia is entirely different. Oh. She is, fuck it, let's give it a go. <laughs> All his home dinners are beige. <laughs> she eats nothing but multicolours. Yeah. But she, I mean, Cordelia becomes equally besotted with John. He is a, a an attractive, dashing younger man. Yeah, he is very well to do, respected, and slightly famous-ish. But he's got this nagging wife and daughter at home. She mm. can she can rescue him. She is his way out to a life of partying and jolly times. True death. And he is her way to a bit a bit of a fortune, a bit a mm. bit of money. It's a, it's a match perfect match really the two of them could be so desperately happy together of course they could Uh, yep absolutely and they meet more and more frequently over the next few weeks the strength of their feelings begins to grow even more cordelia in the same park Oh, oh, who knows? The same park. <laughs> in the same of, bush. Some of, some of the clubs and, and bars mm. that Cordelia knows that she's taking John to. This exciting sort of underbelly of San Francisco that he's probably not really been exposed to <sighs> that much. It's all very dangerous and exciting. Mm. Cordelia introduces John to her, her lifestyle of the drinking, the partying, the, the, the gambling, all the places that he really wanted to go, but he, he couldn't because of his, his position. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't the correct thing to do. Now he can with her. He just doesn't care anymore. They start a, a passionate love affair that lasts for over three years. Okay. It's a lengthy, lengthy thing. Mm. They are entirely seemingly besotted with each other. Yeah. Um, John is frequently seen coming and going at all hours from the Victoria Hotel, where Cordelia has rooms, fairly down and out hotel. <laughs> everyone knows what's happening. Everyone in the area knows what's happening. Oh, they, yeah. They've seen John coming and going. No one really cares. Who gives a fuck? However, back in the posh part of town, John's wife, Mary, she is less sanguine about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> she is less free and forgiving of John's indiscretions. Well, yes, she'd be praying day and night. And also, she's entirely humiliated. This yeah. he's, he's, not, he's not made a, a subtle thing. This has not gone unnoticed mm. by many, many people. They've not tried to keep it secret. It is no. out there. Everyone knows. And yeah, she is humiliated by her husband's goings on. Mm. Not only is he having an affair, but it's with someone like Cordelia. I mean, for yes. heaven's sake, if you're going to do it, at least do it with someone posh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. If it was with someone posh, they probably wouldn't talk about it as much. Yeah, absolutely. Or if it, it was be... just a lowly prostitute, they probably would go, men will have their Men urges. will have their ways, absolutely. But this woman, this woman of ill yeah, repute. Absolutely. It's, it's a dreadful, dreadful thing. Then in early 1898, things start to go wrong for John at work. Okay. He becomes under suspicion of theft. Oh, John. Of potentially embezzling money from the Associated Press. Oh, no. And it turns out he's actually taken over $4,000. <gasps> from the company to pay off his gambling debts. Oh, John. And he is discovered, and obviously he loses his job instantly that it it comes out. Falling from grace. Yeah, majorly falling from grace. Now he's he's lost his job. Everyone knows why he's lost his job. Mm. He's also having this very unsecret affair. His (laughs) reputation is pretty much fucked by this point. He is applying for jobs wherever he can, and everyone is just like, nope, he doesn't even get in the door. You've got no credibility behind you other than a few good articles. Yeah. Maybe a great artist, but, but yeah, that ain't gonna fly. That ain't, that ain't gonna fly. In business, that ain't generally gonna fly. Really, no, you've got to be reliable and honest, and mm. yeah, not steal four thousand dollars from your employer, which is Pretty a huge much. amount of money in the 18, 19, 18, 98 or oh, whatever. Jesus. Four thousand dollars is a terrible amount of money. He does not show well for his character. Yeah, indeed, he is finds it impossible to find new employment, 
And this is the last straw for Mary Elizabeth. She goes, nah, you're having an affair. I could probably just about live with that. But now, no, you've been you've been fired. You've lost your job. I've lost my home because oh you cannot God. afford to keep the to keep the house up. She says, fuck this, I'm out. And so yeah. she takes her daughter and they go back to their parents in Delaware. Go back to the, the congressman. Now, Cordelia, he hears the news that Mary is gone and she is delighted. <laughs> Over the moon, got John all to herself now. It's fucking fantastic. So much so that John actually moves into the hotel. He, he leaves at the, where, um, where Cordelia is staying. He doesn't really have a choice. Well, no, he doesn't really have a choice. Absolutely. So John is no longer able to afford his fancy address. And he is now living off Cordelia's money. The money that Cordelia's husband, Welcome, is still providing. Yeah. John is now living off that money with oh, okay. Cordelia. That's, but that's not enough for two people. No. It, well, exactly. And it starts really stretching things between yeah. them. Whereas before, they had John's money. They could go out. They can party. They can go mm. do whatever they want. And he would have had access to his wife's fortune as well. Exactly. So there was, there was no worry about rent or anything like that. Exactly. Now they are living off Three of them, because the sun's still there as well. Beverly's still around as well. (laughs) Beverly's sitting in the corner fanning himself. (laughs) Three of them are living off this sort of allowance that Mm. that Welcome is providing. And it's it's not enough. They cannot maintain this lifestyle that they sort of become accustomed to. And it's not happening anymore. Now they've actually got to get down on with life. And that's generally less fun, really. (laughs) Really. So things start to fray. It's not all happiness and jolly and shagging all the time now. It isn't? No, unfortunately not. They've actually got to get on with surviving. John really starts to regret his actions. I mean, it's all well and good to be... Well, it's not well and good. (laughs) You're thinking like, oh my God, this hot woman. And she's like taking me out to all the clubs and the bars and we're flush with cash. Oh, this is lovely. The green side of the grass, isn't it? Everything is perfect. Everything is lovely. There's no trials or tribulations. Suddenly... You're on the brink of divorce. You've been fired and you're living in a hotel room with your mistress and her son, mm. who is also seemingly a pervert, <laughs> according to everything. And he's just sitting in the corner going, yeah, yeah, shag. Probably the shine is coming off The this. shine is well and truly off, <laughs> I think, off all this. And the son now, he's just got a bucket of chicken in the corner. Just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> That's really disturbing. <laughs> well, they, well, they all said that he was plump and dissolute. What was it? Dissolute, not desolate. I think they all would be desolate <laughs> yeah, oh, at the yeah, time. Indeed. Eventually, John, he's had enough of this this new life. Well, this like, new this fancy new, life. exciting life that he was going to lead. Is really, it turns out not to be for him at all. Oh, and bastard. he jumps at the chance. The Associated Press actually come back to him and say, we will hire you as a correspondent to cover the Spanish-American war that was going on in Cuba. Send you out there to report. If things go okay, we might consider a bit of a long-term okay. thing, but we'll try this out. Because they know he is a good journalist. So so he goes, yeah, all right, I'll do it. Fair enough, <laughs> Whatever. Fair enough. Send me to a war zone, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm going. Cordelia is distraught. Yeah. when he tells her he's he's leaving initially because he's going to conflict there's a there's a chance that he is going to get seriously injured in this and she's mm. pleads with him not to go her impassioned pleading then turns into something of a more more of a furious rage when he then reveals that and i'm not coming back oh. when i'm back i'm going to delaware i'm going to make things up with my wife and i'm going to see my daughter i am never going to see you again and that does not go down too well with cordelia yeah and that's probably time for a drink. I think that's time for another drink. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, Nick, lovers have been divided. Mm. We have John who wants to go back and make it right with his wife. Wants to go and make things up. Incredibly wealthy wife. <laughs> and there's a daughter there somewhere. There's, there's a daughter in there as well. Somewhere in the background whose name we don't know. She's Mary. There. Her name is Mary. The same as oh, the Mary. Same, oh, same, Mary. same as her mother. Oh, yeah, that's the only reason that survived, yeah. isn't Mary it? Mary Elizabeth and Mary. Mary Junior. something, 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 something. <laughs> There's a kid. But then, oh, no, Cordelia is in the hotel with her weird son. <laughs> yeah, but Cordelia's not happy about any of this. No, no. She had a life planned out, yeah, didn't she, with this um, young man? Exactly. And she is not one to give up without a fight. She is, she's not going to give up easily. And she decides that she's going to do whatever it fucking takes to ensure that John returns to her. The start of the summer in 1898, Mary Elizabeth starts receiving a series of letters referring to her husband's affair with an interesting and pretty woman. <laughs> now, m- many, no. the majority of these letters warn her against getting back with John. Don't do it. He's not worth it. I've heard that he's actually, he's going to marry this woman. There's no chance for you. If he comes back to you, kick him out. Oh, come on now, they Cordelia. Are, they are all signed a friend. A friend. A friend. Oh man! Oh yeah. So go for the go for the wife. Yeah. Also, oh, he's been sent out with a pretty and intelligent woman. <laughs> An interesting and pretty woman. An interesting and pretty woman. Yeah. Mm, not a woman of base <laughs> morals. Now Mary is slightly unnerved by these letters that she gets, so she actually keeps them and she gives them to her father for so. And you have to hold on to these because that's weird. Ah, oh, go on, Mary. And so yeah, so she she keeps she keeps hold of these. And then a bit later on the 9th of August that year, a small package arrives in De- in Dover, addressed to Mary Elizabeth Dunning. Oh God! Inside is a lovely box of chocolate bonbons. Chocolate bonbons. Resting no! atop a nice lacy handkerchief. It's very fancy. Oh, that is fancy. Yeah. Bonbons I love and a bonbon. A hand- bonbon and a handkerchief. And a handkerchief? Yeah. What a lovely... Oh, that's like a care package. Absolutely. Now, the note enclosed with the package reads, With love to yourself and baby, Mrs. C. Mrs. C? Mrs. C. Oh, God damn it. Now, later that evening, after dinner, Mary passes this box of bonbons around to her friends and family that have gathered that evening. Now, she believes that these have been sent by an actual friend of hers, a Mrs. Corbley, who lives in San Francisco. <laughs> and, and yeah, so she believes that her her friend Mrs. Corbley has sent these. She has no reason to suspect anything. Well, I mean, you're going to luck out at some point, aren't you? If you go like Mrs. A, Mrs. B, Mrs. C, <laughs> Mrs. C. It actually comes up later that the that John had revealed to Cordelia his wife liked chocolates and had friends in San Francisco, and it's thought that he must have mentioned the name. Must have mentioned the name in passing at some point, and Cordelia's locked it away in her head for some reason. Okay, that that doesn't take a genius to work out that the woman would like chocolates and yeah. would know someone <laughs> called Mrs. C. Well, she's a criminal mastermind. She's a criminal, well, she Don't thinks give him credit she for it. <laughs> <laughs> so these sweets are passed round. No! Mary, her older sister Ida, no. both their daughters, um, <gasps> and two neighbours who have come to visit all help themselves to some lovely, lovely bonbons. Now, fortunately, Mary's parents, who live in the house, declined the offer of anything sweet. Not, not for us. Pious bastards. <laughs> yes, chocolate, sinning, chocolate. Sinning, sinning. None of that. That, in, that incites the senses. <laughs> Indeed it does. None of that. None of that in this house. Now, hours later, all six of the unfortunate people who had ate, eaten the candy were starting to feel decidedly unwell. 
they began sweating, the cramps started, and soon the vomiting and nausea kicks in. Now, Mary and Ida have actually eaten a fair bit more than the other guests there, and they are substantially worse. They are much, much worse than any of the others, and their father is so concerned that he sends for a doctor. Now, the doctor arrives, and he diagnoses the illness as cholera morbius. Oh. Which is uh, well, it's, it's a common ailment at the time. It's caused by spoiled food. It's yeah. basically a version of food poisoning. Food has been left out, a lack of refrigeration. As, and he claims it is likely from the corn fritters they had at dinner. Um, <laughs> that could have been an ingredient, and that would have been weird. Um, <laughs> corn. Corn. Delicious corn. Delicious mm, corn. In delicious corn. Yeah. So he thinks, ah, oh, that's what it was. The corn fritters at, at dinner, they'll be fine by the morning. It'll get, they'll get it out of their systems. They'll be fine by oh, the morning. Oh, goddammit. A, a slight problem was this theory is that the neighbours hadn't eaten the fritters they had only turned around up after dinner for a, to say hello and had some chocolate they'd not eaten yeah, the fritters yeah exactly no one's going to come were, in and have fritters and they, they were they were horribly ill as well yeah and no that's fine it's definitely definitely the food parents said well me and my wife had the fritters and we're, we're fine no it's definitely the food oh. definitely definitely the fruit. those corn fritters <laughs> or they'll get you every time oh yeah. god <laughs> That is a doctor just sticking, <laughs> digging his heels into the ground as they're watching. I am paid by the minute and this is my diagnosis yeah. and there we go. After two days of agony, four of the six eventually recover. Okay. Four okay. of the good, six good, good, good. recover. So the doctor goes, see what I tell you, told you it'd be fine. It'll absolutely be fine. Yeah, that doctor hated corn fritters. <laughs> he had a thing about corn. So the two neighbours and the two younger daughters have recovered. They have got over this ailment. After a few days, and but, they are back. But, but Mary and Ida, no. the sisters, who had eaten a lot more of the chocolate, are still horribly ill. Ooh, now the pain greedy. was so bad that they sort of they're doubled over in in spasm, uh, and eventually Mary's father goes, "You're a shit doctor. I'm calling someone else." <laughs> <laughs> And he gets in a, a specialist. The specialist takes one look at him and says, well, I've been poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> and the other doctors leans in around the corner going, by corn. By corn. <laughs> but fritters. Fritters did the it. The fritters did it. <laughs> but by then it's too late. No. 11 days have passed and there is nothing, nothing more that can be done. On the 20th of August, Mary and Ida die in agonising pain. Poor thing. Now, Mary's father, he knows that the only possible source of this poison has to be the chocolates. Yeah. It wasn't the fucking fritters. The chocolates are the only thing that everyone had. They had more than everyone else. Mm. It must be that. And thankfully, the rest of the box of chocolates is still in the house. Mm. It's still there. And even more thankfully, no one else said, oh, I have a chocolate. Um, <laughs> Power to them. For yeah, them. <laughs> for resisting. I, yeah. If I see an open box of chocolate somewhere, I mean, there's plenty of chocolates. You'd be sort of, you'd be reaching for them, going, "It's quite possible that this, these chocolates could be yeah. killing everyone in the house." Going, "Yeah, just a nibble, just a test. I'll test it." There's some hazelnut swirls in there. Yeah. So thankfully, he he actually sends <laughs> off the remaining chocolates for analysis. I'm just thinking the chocolates are there and all the corn in the kitchen has been burned. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else has been thrown out on the bonfire. <laughs> Whole field decimated out back. <laughs> Acres of farmland burned to a crisp. Fritters, no! The doctor's rubbing his hands. Good, good. Would you like some of my corn? <laughs> He had a fucking corn <laughs> business. That was the whole thing. Entirely poison free. <laughs> yes, 100%. So, yeah, even more power to everyone who resisted the chocolates amid the corn burnings. Mm. So the chocolates are sent away for analysis and the chemist quickly comes back and reports that, yes, the chocolates are full of arsenic. Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Oh, it's been a while! I was just, just going to say that very thing. Yes! We haven't yes. had any arsenic for a while. We needed some arsenic. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Back to the roots. Also, I'm terribly sorry about everyone who died. <laughs> now, John is still on assignment at this point. Mm, and eventually mm. news reaches him of his wife's death and he straight away he jumps on a boat comes back over to to the states now in the days that it takes for john to hear the news and to return this story has swiftly spread pretty much around the country and it's been in the papers and when he his boat docks there is a crowd of reporters waiting oh. for him demanding to know if he knew if he knows who has poisoned his wife <laughs> now he's going no i just got fucking, I fucking got here i've been in i've been <laughs> corresponding on a war for the past god knows how long so he goes straight to his father-in-law's place in delaware and straight away he is shown these letters and the note that oh. came with the chocolates 
instantly he knows his handwriting. He recognises his handwriting. There is no doubt in his mind that this is Cordelia Botkin. This is her writing. He breaks down and tells his father-in-law everything, the whole, all the details of the affair, what's been happening. He reveals the lot, Mm. as, as well as all his attempts to break things off at the end and her rather dramatic reaction the father-in-law um it tells the the dover police and they inform the san francisco authorities you have to track down cordelia bockin mm. she is a major suspect two murders you've got to find her all the evidence from dover is sent to san francisco and they set to work building a case against cordelia they trace the paper that was used to wrap the candy um, back to to george Hass confectionery where the clerk in the shop there recalls selling the chocolate bonbons to a woman fitting cordelia's description nice the price tag on the handkerchief leads directly to the city of paris department store the very fancy Ooh. and there again a clerk remembers selling this handkerchief to a woman who fits cordelia's description Ooh. finally a druggist, Frank Gray, at the Owl Drugstore, <laughs> distinctly remembers selling two ounces of arsenic to a woman who matches Cordelia's description. It's amazing recall on all these people. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, everyone goes, yeah, absolutely. I remember that. Yeah, I remember, I remember her. I remember selling some chocolates and a handkerchief. Yeah. How many chocolates and a handkerchief have you sold? Probably uh, fucking well, loads. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's <laughs> like, oh, no, I remember this woman. Yes, but, there she but was. But you're convinced it was absolutely, it was this woman. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe you had to have more of a recall. You know, our short-term memory is much yeah. worse from social media these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very possible. If all that evidence weren't weren't enough, the superintendent, he has the note and all the anonymous letters analysed mm. by a handwriting expert. Nice. And he says, without a doubt, he's entirely convinced that Cordelia has written these letters. They've got some samples of her handwriting. This is the same person. Open and shut case. They The police go out en masse to try and track down Cordelia. We need to get her into custody now. Thankfully, she doesn't prove too elusive. <laughs> <laughs> really. And she's found living in Stockton with her husband, Welcome. Oh, um, and, she's and Beverly, welcome. she's gone back to Welcome in Stockton. And she's she's living, hiding, I don't know, waiting for John to come and find her after yeah. his wife's dead or... Well, is she trying to cover her tracks? Is I think, I think like... potentially for for the hiding purposes. Yeah, she knows... like, oh, I'm a happily married woman. Yeah. Here's my son. And uh, Yeah, exactly. All is marvellously well. I, I've no idea who you're talking about. I wouldn't have done mm. such a terrible, terrible thing. In October 1898, the superintendent appears before a grand jury, confident that he has a ironclad case really against mm. cordelia and the grand jury they wholeheartedly agree yeah absolutely they these people were murdered probably by her so absolutely <laughs> she can go on trial for, for murder that december the trial begins um before a judge carol cook carol cook carol cook nice. now given the the overwhelming evidence really that the prosecution have have gathered the mm. defense believe that they have no choice really they we've got to put cordelia on the stand we've got to get her up there Ooh, i mean this it's a risky it's a risky strategy have we discovered many times it's, it's, it's a dangerous <laughs> thing yeah so it's not it's not good on the stand she admits that yes i bought the arsenic in june oh but i bought powdered arsenic not the crystalline type in the candies mm. i bought an entirely different type of arsenic and in any case, I bought that arsenic to bleach a hat. What? I was going to bleach a straw hat with that arsenic. Okay. I have. I wouldn't know where to start with poisoning anyone. Put poison in food. No, that's no, it. It's, it's for hats. Oh, arsenic. it's for hats. That's, it's what, for... that's no. what you use okay. arsenic so for. So you can hats. use arsenic to bleach a hat. Yep. But you wouldn't know how to poison someone yep. with it, of course. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that makes absolute sense. Yeah. She also claims that she was nowhere near the confectioners, the department store, mm. the post office, the druggist, at these times that people claimed she was there. Where was she? Well, I can't remember. But definitely I was not there. <laughs> <laughs> I, where, where, where were you? I, I can't remember where it was, but I wasn't there. I was, I was everywhere, I was everywhere apart else, from that place, but not there. But also, I don't know. <laughs> also, I'm not too sure, but not there. But not there. After four hours of deliberation, the jury find Cordelia guilty and recommend life imprisonment. Okay. Now the judge concurs, and on the fourth of February, 1899, she is sentenced to life imprisonment at the Branch County Prison. Then, then one Sunday. Okay. A few months later. Yes. Judge Cook spots Cordelia shopping in downtown San Francisco. What? What's going on there, he thinks? I sentenced you to life imprisonment a couple of months ago. What the fuck? And now you're shopping. What's going on? He goes to the authorities and says, the woman I sentenced to life imprisonment, has she was shopping. 
<laughs> so that's not life imprisonment that's shopping um, so can you can you look into that because something's gone very very wrong did you write it down weirdly like, <laughs> i sentence her to shopping shopping life shopping. life shopping so the police go okay we'll look into that and they go to the prison and there she is she's in the prison she's in the cell and the judge goes no it was definitely her what the shit something weird's going on so he he launches an investigation into, <laughs> into what the fuck's going on okay well either this judge is drunk or no. turns out that Cordelia has been exchanging sexual favours with guards to get extra comforts in jail and for them to let her out whenever she fancies. What? As long as she's back by bedtime. Oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, she, she must oh. be very good. Oh, she must be very good. <laughs> she must be very good. Cordelia knows a thing or two. She really does. To, to be let out. Yeah, absolutely. You to go, have a, to have go shopping. Go what's shopping. She getting, what's she buying? What are you buying, Cordelia? That you need things. to bring back to your jail cell. <laughs> you want to make your jail cell look nice. You want I'm, to put up some nice doilies and. What? No. <laughs> wow. I do want to know what she's buying. I can't. I can't. Go, I don't know. That shouldn't be the thing I'm focusing on. But what did she need? She needs to make her cell look nice. She's going to be in there for life. Oh, she Might needs well some make, scented candles. She needs some scented candles. You need some nice cushions. Oh, You're entertaining yeah. guests. <laughs> You, well, yeah, she is. She clearly. is. So yeah. you've got to make it. You, you can't. Yeah, you've got to make it look pleasant. She's getting so, lotion out yeah. there, <laughs> massage oils. Yeah, I so. need a sex harness. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, good. Good on you, Cordelia. Well, Jesus. absolutely good wow. for you. Now, I mean, while and this... the judge is like, "This is terrible. I will investigate this personally. <laughs> I will go down to her cell immediately." <laughs> so she gets transferred. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so, Cordelia had a good thing going. She had a good thing going. She was seen by the wrong person, but she had a good thing going. Oh. She is now transferred to San Quentin State Prison. Okay. Rather less jolly. She remains in San Quentin Prison until her death mm. on the 7th of March, 1910. Wow. Now, the official cause of death was softening of the brain due to melancholia. Oh. And she was 56 years old. Oh, oh, it's a sad ending. Well, is it? Well, she did. She did try. She did kill she did, she some did, people. She did kill two people. But there we go. That is the story. That is the story of Cordelia Botkin. Oh, that's a good story. She had a jolly old time. She did have a jolly old time. <laughs> now, yes, Cordelia killed two people. Was very happy to kill more people. So bad, bad, bad lady. Bad Cordelia. Bad lady. I do like that energy of her in the jail. Though. I mean, <laughs> Just... that, that's that's impressive. Yeah. What was she doing? And also, what didn't work in in San Quentin? <laughs> well, obviously, in San Quentin, it's, like, it's a lot harsher. Like, no, yeah. no love, no I love. Think your guards there no, no, are no, going to no, be no. a bit more. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not going to be happy people. They're <laughs> Just going out shopping. I need some fresh fruit. <laughs> Oh, it's just the folly of love, isn't it? it? Is, love absolutely. blinds you. Oh, well, that it does. If I could just get rid of this pesky other person, yeah. we're meant to be together. Absolutely. And not taking rejection well. And it's that strange thought. I'll kill your wife so you'll love me more. And some people genuine... Oh, I, I suppose think... if she thinks he never knows that she was responsible, then he's going to come back to her distraught yeah. and she's going to be the woman who makes it all better i mean it, it's it's the most extreme version of stuff that we see all the time now that's extreme version is murder that's why i'm caveating <laughs> that but the people when you're in unfortunately in affairs or in those oh, kind of relationships absolutely. people who you would normally think completely in their right mind yeah. are just convinced we're meant to be together yeah. and if they weren't with this other woman or this other man they would be mine. Yeah, they, absolutely. We would be together. And if they just got rid of them, yeah, if they just, just would just piss off, he'd see or yeah. she'd see that we're supposed to be together. And it's just, uh, uh, and it's like, like oh, that. babe, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. And in those days, it led to murder <laughs> because mm. you could, you could just arsenic. How are you going to detect it? Really? Yeah. It makes you think how many murders. I would gotten slip, away with, and got away yeah, with absolutely. absolutely yeah but with her terrifying. no she, she's stupid but she... <laughs> <laughs> but the balls on her i mean I, yeah i like the fact that beverly was just that. hanging around he the whole time along. absolutely yeah being so. plump and debauched <laughs> plump and immoral <laughs> plump and immoral there he was in the background wandering doing roaming it's great it's great i'm it's gonna great. have I'm a lovely time <laughs> <laughs> well what do you think think people what do you think of cordelia's story what do you think about all the fabulously named people 
in this tale. It's a thinker again. It's a love story gone wrong. Yeah, very much so. I don't know if it's much of a thinker. No, no, no. I don't think it's a thinker. It's like what she did. I think she definitely killed people. A thinker more in the sense of, you know, how is love the greatest poison of them all? Yeah, I'll give you that. Not love, lust. Lust. Is lust the greatest poison of them all? Obsession is just the desire to have what you want all the time. Greed. Is that the greatest poison of them all? Tell us what you think of this one. How much responsibility should the men in this story bear or the other players in the tale? Jump on the comments of wherever you listen to this podcast and tell us what you think. Let's start a debate on social media. Let's all talk about it. But most importantly, if you're going to start a debate, you're going to need a drink in your hand. Yeah, you're going to need a chocolate sazerac. Oh my God, you're going to need one of these. Yep, definitely. It's just so good. It is nice. I'm really really pleased with that. I'm pleased with it and also slightly afraid of it because I know I'll drink a lot of them. Because <laughs> it's one that goes down incredibly smoothly. Yeah. And it's like, mm, I could have another four though. This is a light. And another reason to get, very importantly, the cacao blanc. Yep. Not white chocolate liqueur. No. Nope. Not chocolate liqueur. The clear chocolate liqueur. <laughs> it sounds confusing, but yep. that's why it's important. We'll put a, I'll put a picture of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, but it is lovely because it works in everything. It's great. Get some. And it's not that expensive. Oh, it's a delight. Have that. Have a glass of red wine. Settle in for the winter. We're here with you. Absolutely. Please tag us in any of the cocktail pictures you are sharing, cocktails you are enjoying on your travels or at home. Send us more suggestions of stories that we can be covering into the winter months and just send us your cosy, lovely, wintry pictures because we like to see them. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.